Steph Curry with the shot. Go ahead, man. Take a pause and hit it. All right, you are back with Anthro Papaji, where we mind and mind culture. Today we're talking about clout culture, morality over substance. You got Lou Money here in H-Town, a.k.a. Blaze Silkwood, the Silk Man, the unknown legend. We got uh, Bill Furious over there in the D. Say what up to the people. It's your boy, Bill, man. That's spelled M-A-N. And in Spanish, that shit is N-I-G-G-A. And we got uh, last but certainly least, we got <laughs> Louis Newton in the D over there. Uh, the Jizza of this. Well, really, actually, the you God of this right here. Uh, he wants to be the leader, but he trash. Say what up to the people. <laughs> oh, y'all already know who it is, man. They know who pulled the pot out when we was out of options. They know this is my show. Who runs it? Who got on the fancy scarf? You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what it is. What up? And today, like you said, we're going to get into virality over substance. And we're going to start it out by talking Oscars. So, I don't know if y'all know, but something that's never happened before happened this year at the Oscars. The first ever comic book movie got nominated for Best Picture. Now, the, these pop movies, they've won for like what they call the, the nerd categories, like Best Costumes or Best uh, or Computer CG stuff. Like, But for the big ones, Best Actor, Best Picture, Best Director, out of the question until now. And they do it with Black Panther. Black Panther, the, the celebration of black culture, the check on Hollywood, the, the receipt that ends the notion that you need to go after fanboys and sell your movie to younger white men in order for it to make money. The, the same people who said they couldn't put Denzel in the starring role because people overseas wouldn't go see the movie. Like, these people just nominated Black Panther for an Oscar. And the question is, why? Is it because it deserved it? What y'all think? Why? Not necessarily because they deserved it. I mean, back to the, the, um, the reason for this podcast today is clout culture. It's things go viral. A lot of things are happening based upon a hashtag. Going all the way back to... The 88 Oscars, which was the year before last, we saw that there is a, a very rapid lack of diversity within the Oscars. I mean, looking at the data, up until 91, only 6.4% of nominees were non-white. And past 1991 on, it's only been 11%. So Black Twitter came out with the Oscars So White hashtag. And due to all of that backlash, we had a, a very... Very monumental, blockbuster, record-breaking movie in Black Panther that led to a, you know, a very, very big cultural movement being nominated for something that it really doesn't deserve. So I would think it's more clout culture and the way our society has shifted to virality over substance as the reason for Black Panther being nominated. What you say, Bill? I mean, all that, all that sounds good, man. I, I like that take, you know what I mean? But the way I view this is, you know what I mean, it's basically a, a mirage of, from all the the past complaining about, oh, well, we don't get nominated for Oscars, and this person deserves this, and black people, we don't never get nominated, and all this other bullshit, you know what I mean, all this crying about massa not accepting me, you know what I mean? It's kind of <laughs> like... Yeah, man, it's kind of like the little, the stepchild, you know what I mean, that didn't know they real daddy, you know what I mean, and you getting raised by your stepfather, and you, you want that real father-son or mm. father-daughter relationship, you know what I mean, so like you begging for it, and now they finally giving niggas some props, like, you know what, you you were okay little stepchild, you know what I mean, I don't you know what? Yeah, Vail, that's daddy. actually, that that's actually a valid niggas point. is happy. Like, so yeah, they don't so. get niggas to watch. It's the whole thing of uh, why would you want to go to a party that you're not welcome at? And that, that's a valid argument. But the reason you want to go to that party is because people with that party make money because of the fact that they got invited to that party. Yep. Like, <laughs> so it, it's not so, just yeah. uh, I want recognition and I want to be recognized by my work for my work by you people. It's 
No, I earned that. I, I'm outstanding. I deserve that. And the fact that you tell me I deserve or the your acknowledgement when I go to the table the next time for the next movie, my price goes up because I'm not just right. Spike Lee. I'm Spike Lee, Oscar nominated director Spike Lee, not black movie maker Spike Lee. Like it, it's a whole different. Well, let's talk about that. Before we get let's into talk. that. Like I, I, I want to get into a little bit of the actual we because we, we said it was record breaking, but we didn't say how. Like, and that that goes into it too. Like, it made one point three billion dollars. Civil War. That's the movie with Captain America, Spider. Like, that's the movie with everybody. That made one point one billion. It outsold that. And to be fair, to give both sides, it was coming off the back of that because it came out after civil war but still like it it, it was what are you talking about Avengers, infinity infinity war is that the one you're talking about no no infinity war did two two uh two point something it did two billion though it did just over two billion so it didn't beat infinity war but it beat civil war that was the one where they introduced spider-man that was the first marvel movie that had spider-man like oh yeah, okay yeah gotcha. that, that came out before black panther I think that was the highest grossing one before that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for Black Panther, a movie just about him, like, it didn't really have any other big-name stars in it like that, like, to, for it. And then it did it did that, uh, it did good overseas. So nobody was expecting that. But uh, I'm, I'm going to come back to this a little bit later. Like, I, And it was the highest opening uh, four-day weekend movie ever. It was the, uh, it's... Nine, it's top 10 grossing movies of all time. It was the third biggest movie of, I think, the past 10 years. Like, it's doing numbers. And that helps so, it and hurts it in this conversation. But like I said, I'm, we're going to get into that a little bit later. But go go ahead. Let me, let me touch on a couple of those points that you, you mentioned. So usually, Best Picture Award and Highest Grossing Movie are never in the same conversation. Exactly. Uh, there were there were some news stories in the past where they were talking about, most recently around um, creating another category for blockbuster movies, uh-huh. any Oscars, and a lot of that was predicated upon the success of Black Panther. Okay, so let's pause that conversation because I want to get into that after we discuss the next one, which was Spike Lee's best uh, best director and best picture nod for Black Klansman, which I'm gonna put in the same. Uh, category as the Black Panther nomination, not just because they got black in the title, but uh, that didn't escape me. <laughs> dead wrong. And, and we're going to talk about that. About that. Like, I think, I think it's the same notion of Oscar so white. That's, that's the virality right there. The Oscar so white. That was bigger than the actual Oscar show. And it was two years in a row. Two years in a row of this thing <laughs> taking up. Uh, ass whooping on social media for their lack of diversity so how, how do you combat that they, they shake things up they say okay we all the older people who haven't did shit in hollywood in the past 50 years y'all are getting kicked out you no longer have a vote we're gonna get fresh blood in and we're gonna actually take a look at shit outside of the norm of what we normally consider and that isn't this. <laughs> That's still not Black Panther. I love Black Panther. I rub in my white co-worker's face every day that it's got to be the best superhero movie ever made because it, it's the only one that's nominated for an Oscar. Like, <laughs> I use this shit in my daily life, but when I left the theater, I wasn't saying, that deserves an Oscar. When people, I heard people say that. I'm like, oh, slow down. It was a great movie. It's not an Oscar movie, though, because the Oscar movie is a specific game, right. and this isn't that. But uh, what, what, why do you think Black Klansman was that, though? Because in my opinion, Black Klansman was on the same thing. I enjoyed it, but it, it wasn't an Oscar movie. So I mean, Black Klansman was a remake. You said Black Klansman was a remake? Yeah, it was a remake. Yeah, I think, Whoa. well, it wasn't. It was based on a book. Yeah, it was based on a book. Uh, it wasn't a movie. And I don't think. Uh, I think there was. Yeah, I think you're you're right. There was a uh, uh, that movie came out before original oh, movie. Last minute. But what's better than that though? Spike Lee kind of fell off for a minute. So this is big for Spike Lee. 
You know what I mean? I will give him a pat on the back. I'm not the biggest Spike Lee fan. Wait, fell off I, how? I like you talking uh, Chirac or what? The, uh, what, what? What you mean he fell off? Yeah, yeah, Chirac, all his movies. I'm saying he really had a big. You know what I mean? He had a Kirkland, uh, uh, uh Malcolm yeah, X, uh, or something like that in a while. You know what I mean? I felt it deserved it because it speaks to what's going on in our culture right now. This parallel of um, Nixon, the Nixon era with the with the Trump era, uh, this rise of white supremacy and this this certain um, this certain feeling of like certain micro inequities that white people do are innocuous and they're, and they're not. And then if you allow that stuff to continue to progress, you will have another situation where we're back where we're going back. In terms of, we might be going ahead in time, but going retreating back in terms of of uh, racial relations. So, I, I I felt like this was a, a very important movie to come out this year, and I mean, of course, it had some inaccuracies, um, and a lot of black people, uh, you, you know, they they they're going to take umbrage with this idea of a of a police officer, whether they're black, white, or whatever being considered a hero for civil rights and and, and racial injustice. All right, and that's the but, point. I was gonna jump on like when the when I first watched it, it rubbed me the wrong way, and not necessarily that it was a black police officer, because I know the history of how the government used black police officers and agents of the government in the civil rights movement. Like they would make them mm -hmm. infiltrate these black organizations, and when Cointel they were having Pro. peaceful rallies, yeah, Cointel Pro. When they were having peaceful rallies, they would have those people throw bricks at the police or shoot shots in the air to try and make, turn into a riot to destabilize the whole movement. And it was largely successful. So when I'm watching this movie, I'm looking at it like, oh, he went to one Black Panther meeting and it changed him as a person or it reinforced the feelings that he already had about how racism was wrong and how police are treating people because he saw it. He saw it firsthand on the day to day. But that doesn't register with the reality of it because me knowing the reality of it i'm like that doesn't seem right and then in the end when he saves the girl from the klu klux klan and tells her yes i've been trying to take down the klu klux klan and she's just like i don't date pigs i'm like that doesn't seem right he just saved your life but come to find out i leave do a little bit of research and no he didn't just go to a meeting and start dating the woman he infiltrated their group and was reporting on them for four years. <laughs> like that, that he was one of those dudes. Like, and the fact that you, I, I understand the uh, concept of based on a true story. You don't have to put all the facts in there, but if you take a movie like Saving Private Ryan and you got Private Ryan, who was really in real life a German spy, <laughs> and you just did, never mentioned that in the movie, then it, it kind of cheapens it for me, especially if I find out after the fact. But uh, that's not even the biggest reason that I would say it's not Oscar worthy. Like All the things you said about how important it was, about how it makes the parallels between what was going on then and what's going on now, I agree with, and that's why I love it, and Spike did it. They even had the... Uh, the the dolly shot where people are just floating like it's spike i love spike but the reason i love spike is the reason he will he never got that oscar shit because he hits you over the head it, it's it's very very preachy it's not subtle and it, it goes into uh some of the things that the oscars have been historically biased for like they, they so lean heavy into the romantic dramedies, the family melodramas, the the uh, biographical dramas. Like if you play a historical figure, which not like him, like nah, not good enough, or, or historical epic, but or or even if it takes on a socio, uh, not a socioeconomic, but a social issue. But when it's black people, that social issue is slavery. You if you're black and want to get an Oscar, play a slave. That's the quickest so, way. Well, I mean, so I, I see what you're saying about this wasn't necessarily signature Spike Lee hits you over the head. I no, felt like in points it there were. I'm saying it was, okay. and that's why, you were saying, okay. yeah, that's why it's disqualified because they don't appreciate that. 
it's disqual- okay, that doesn't really make any sense. You say it's disqualified, but yet he's nominated for Best Picture and Best Director. So exactly. Why? What you're saying is typically before but, that would be disqualified. But you're see, and that's the problem that that black people have with each other and with hip hop right now is that we hold ourselves to even a higher standard than other people hold us to. Um, you want to sit up here and say this is a token nomination because it's got black in it and because he stuck to his guns on, on his on things before and before they didn't reward him, but now they are. But then before that, you said, oh, there's been a change in the guard in the academy, so they're viewing things differently. Yeah. So I, I'm looking at black Klansmen on three different, uh, you know, not necessarily three different levels to enumerate, but on several different levels. Um, I thought it was a good movie. Great, I don't know. But it was timely. It was signature Spike Lee. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised to find out that this was the first time he's been nominated for Best Director. Um, And then I'm looking at it kind of like maybe this is is his sin of a woman. Maybe this is when Al Pacino finally got his due. Or when, when, uh, was it, Leonardo DiCaprio got revenant, you know, he got his... He deserved that. (laughs) No, it's not he deserved that. Like, he's been snubbed so many times that they finally gave it to him. Yeah, like Spike Lee deserved, it. listen, Spike Lee deserved best director for several movies before this. Exactly. So this might be instead of a woman, man. They might, you know, and I'm here for that. I'm not going to sit up here and say that Black Panther and Black Klansman are the same situation. Black, I feel like Spike Lee deserves to be there. Black Panther, not so much. Yeah, let me uh, add to that. Oh, man. go ahead, bro. Let, go me, ahead, let me add to that real quick, because, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they probably really don't deserve it, but I don't think we should shoot them down for that, you know what I mean? Because I feel like this is kind of like white people, like, like subtly, like, making up for all of the uh, uh all of the, the, the lookovers. Yeah, like, 100%. Passing us up in the past, right? So, I mean, like, we should just look at, like, this is them making up for that or, like, trying to make up for it, you know what I mean? So we should just look at this as, like, a... Uh, a win for all of us, you know what I mean? Even though it ain't the, the two best movies that they should nominate, I can agree with you there, but, you know what I mean, in the end, we still kind of win, you know what I mean? Because if they, if they do allow them to do more movies, right, or they get more opportunities or, like, more more doors open up because of their nominations, or even if they win, that's, that's an opportunity for them to empower more of us, for more of our people to be put in positions to, you know what I mean, do that little gatekeeper door, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, for oh. other people. That looks like us, right? Well, let me hit on that again. Let me hit on that real quick about this whole notion of if you win an Oscar, it opens doors for you, and that leads that that. I, I guess that's true, right? I mean, who who's won an Oscar? Jamie Foxx won an Oscar for Ray, best best actor. Did his career have an uptick? Have you really heard anything with him past Ray? Um, Forrest Whitaker won best actor for Last King of Scotland. Last time I saw him, he was a supporting actor in Black Panther. Wasn't talked about that much, but he was in Black Panther for a hot second. Um, Holly Berry from Monsters Ball, where she played, you know, a, a desperate black woman who had sex with a guard, had sex with uh, what's the name? We get it. Pause though. Let me let me ask you this: oh, Wait, wait. All those people. Wait, real quick though. Let me say something. Ain't married to white people, ain't they? I don't know about Forrest Whitaker. No, that's not what I meant. What I meant was they're all black. And look at Jennifer Lawrence, shitty ass ho-hum actress Jennifer Lawrence who won and probably didn't deserve it. But that shit, that definitely helped her. And I'm not even necessarily talking about in more roles afforded to you, but it, it increases your ticket. You can charge more for your services because you've won that award. That's yeah. like a stamp on you saying, I'm this good and I, I can bring that to your movie. You got to pay me more for that. If your movie can say starring Oscar nominated just off there, it increases the cachet of your movie. So and it, do, it doesn't happen like that for black people, though. So you, you kind of touched on something, but it's not for the it's not the fact that the Oscars doesn't do that. It's the Oscars doesn't do that for black people because of the overall racism in the industry. But uh, I don't want to come <laughs> off as I'm saying the Spike Lee movie didn't deserve it because I'm holding it to a higher standard. No, I loved it. But what I'm saying is the standard that was already set 
it doesn't meet. And there are plenty of other black movies that do and have plenty of other Spike Lee movies that have met that standard. This just wasn't one of them. Did they come out this year? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, it's it, it was character development. It was like straightforward. But it, it was some good things about it. I loved it. It was a good movie. Black Panther wasn't even the best superhero. So now are we in a stage where it's okay to nominate a superhero movie? Because Black Panther honestly wasn't even the best superhero movie of the year. I would say um, that. To that point, um, uh, hot take. Uh, last night I was watching Real Time with Bill Maher. Um, and when oh, he did it, he did, you know, I, yeah, he does, he does his new rules thing. Right. And, you know, usually, you know, always at the end of his new rules, the last rule is, hey, his whole little uh, editorial. So he did right. this editorial about, how messed up are we and backwards are we in a society when comic books movies are having such a large cachet where people are sitting up here, grown people are looking at these movies as if they are masterpieces, as if they are works of art. Uh, and, and it speaks to the stunted growth of adults in this country that they want to sit up here and watch movies and it, of, of things that they watched growing up as a kid, and they can't read a book unless it's got pictures in it. So I, for one, am personally against this whole notion of superhero movies now being put into this, put into this uh, category of being considered with serious cinema. I mean, it already kind of happened because Birdman won Best Picture in 2014, and that was a satire of a comic book, if you will. Basically, Kevin Bacon, I think that was, that was, was not Kevin Bacon. What's the other dude's name? Uh, Michael Keaton. Uh, uh, Michael Keaton played a guy who was allegedly a superhero, fallen superhero stuff. He, he played, he played. No, I'm talking about in that movie. I'm no, talking no, about. I, I know, but he basically okay. played because he was the first Batman. It was basically a meta thing like that's Batman playing Birdman in parentheses. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was Batman. You know? But I'm glad you touched on that because what that sounds like is the Joe Buttoning of <laughs> the film industry where I hate the new shit. Oh, y'all new, y'all young niggas. You just stay off my line and blah, blah, blah. Like y'all wasn't in the 80s watching Total Recall and Running Man. Like, the, the, what, but that wasn't being nominated for Oscars though. And they, they typically aren't now. This is the first one ever. And I'm saying it didn't deserve This is the tip of the iceberg, though. This is the tip of the iceberg, but, but though. I, I see it happening. But, but let me finish, though. These, I mean, movies, the, these movies aren't just stereotypical, run-in-the-mill 80s action movies. Like Black Panther, for example, is taking on a genre and using it to get into black people and colonialism and the black diaspora and the separation between American blacks and Africans like it's, it's tackling very serious subjects. Civil War for example is taking on government overreach going into your lives and spying on you it's doing very serious subjects and that's an extension of the shit that was going on in the 60s with comic books like people look at it like they're just for kids but they've always tackled heavier issues that wasn't getting tackled on TV and in movies like back in the 60s Stan Lee he made uh, the X-Men and it was Professor X and Magneto who represented Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X like they were telling those stories of black people facing racism through the lens of mutants who evolved to be better than the society that hates them for who they are. Like that was an allegory for racism. Those things has always right. been more mature than they've gotten credit for. And you know what uh, Stanley would say right now? That all you know what he would say right now? Equal. <laughs> no, he'd say, silly rabbit, comic books are for kids. I did. I did. Hold on, hold on. And let's not disrespect Stanley because he has been a champion for yeah, I got the Stanley man. Rest in peace, Stanley. That's the Stanley died last year, didn't he? Yeah, November. November. Rest in peace. November, while wow, he just died, man. Rest in, yeah, rest yeah, in let peace. Me say this in, let me say this in defense of 
Black Panther and superhero movies. You know, I know Hancock's kind of old, but Hancock was a great fucking superhero movie. You know what I mean? To me, it was the best one, period. I mean, Hancock's the greatest superhero. It's, it's the greatest superhero movie of all time. But anyway, uh, touch on Black Panther. You know what I mean? Like Louis Newton said, man, it did touch, you know what I mean, on a lot of real subjects, even though it it made, like, the solution to black people's problems, you know what I mean, or the, the, the guy who's been oppressed wanting to finally fight back, or, you know what I mean, like, getting it, the guy who's been oppressed for so long, he finally gets an advantage weapon that allows him to put his people in position, position to finally thrive, or whatever he uh, is portrayed as the like the villain and all of that, you know. What I mean, which is a bad, which is a bad thing, you know. I mean, whatever. But you know, what I mean, at least they did have that point of view in there, and people who who wise enough to look at it and establish yeah, their own thing was able to right, right was able to see that and go, you know what? No, that's the guy we want, man. So you Killmonger know what this should get the eye. Reminded me of though, one of my favorite movies of all time is Die Hard. That came out in the 80s around the time where there was a lot of racism going around towards Japanese people and specifically corporate takeovers. So when they cast Nakatomi Towers as the setting for the movie and the owner of it being a Japanese guy, like a lot of white people were looking at Hans Gruber as the hero. They put a scene in specifically... Like, they had him shoot the guy in the head and had it be real graphic. And they made, they amped up the violence portrayed by the bad guy because people were too sympathetic towards him. So, I feel like it's that same effect with kind of Killmonger. Like, they had him shoot his girlfriend, which, oh, he did it for the cause to free all black people, blah, blah, blah. Or he choked the older lady when he was, um... He told her to burn the plants or whatever. Like those particular scenes were put in just so you it could be no mistake that he is in fact the bad guy. But what I would have liked and what would have made it a little bit more daring and Oscar worthy for me, if they would have made Chadwick Boseman, who was, if I'm being honest, was the weakest actor in the entire movie. Like he was the most boring character in his own movie. But if they would have livened him up and put a little bit more of the comic book Black Panther in there, he was an asshole. Black Panther was, he walked around like he was a king, like he was better than you, and he didn't give a fuck about what you, he slapped the shit out of Tony Stark before. Like, get your shit together, man. Like, he, he was an asshole. Make him like that, and I would rather him be entertaining and hated than not even talked about after his own movie because nobody was really talking about Black Panther. You know like, what? They was talking about so Killmonger. You... They was talking about the Dora Milaje. They was talking about everybody but actual Black Panther. You know what? Let me say this though. See, like that would be that would be lit, man. That would be that would have made it a real good movie to put Tony Stark in there and had a Black Panther, but little in him. But that's something they're yes. not gonna do. They're not gonna put a black face. On there with a prominent white face and had him treat them like he ain't shit. And, you know what I mean? They'll put that in a comic book, but they're not about to put that on mainstream. And if they did, if they did put that in the movie, it definitely wouldn't have got an Oscar. Yeah, right. right. And, and they played well, out his intelligence I mean, too. Like, he's one of the smartest dudes in on, on, ever. Like, he's up there with Tony Stark as far as intelligence. And you didn't see that at all. But that, that's, that's, but we got to move on. Like, because we got a whole yeah. bunch of other stuff to talk about too. So on and on about this but if if he was more true to the i just got a question i as someone who's never read the comic book didn't know about black panther until it right. became a movie if he was more true to that character as being an asshole and all these different things do y'all feel it would have deserved to be an oscar uh nominated movie uh with that exact story no probably not if Oscar movies were were movies that were, if if movies got Oscars for being culturally significant, yes, but that's never happened. If we're gonna start doing that, I don't have a problem with that. Then I would say, yeah, it one hundred percent. But like, as far as how up until this point, movies that got Oscars, no, nah, it, it don't deserve to be in there. Even all right, that. moving but, along. Yeah, moving along to so in closing with that, I think. In both cases, the virality, the Oscar so white, the 
celebrities buying out theaters, taking kids to go see it, letting them go see it for free, and tweeting about it, and all the kids' reactions. The, the people, grown men, going dressed up as Eddie Murphy from Coming to America with the lion. Why? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. All that viral shit made it kind of impossible to ignore, but they didn't want that smoke. And the same thing goes for the Black Klansmen. They like, okay, Spike, you get one too. It's got what was it, Black Panther or Black? I, I don't know. Give it to both of them. Give both of them a nine. <laughs> uh, that sounds funny. I don't think that's the same case with Black Klansmen. To my opinion, it, in my opinion, it deserved to be there. But I want to make a quick comment about you know people showing up with the with the uh, Zamunda outfits yeah, to ahead. go to a movie about Wakanda. So. We know Coming to America's got a sequel coming out, right? Mm -hmm. We're aware of that. But the same guy that's directing a movie about Dolomite is direct a remake of Dolomite is making the sequel to Coming to America. Let that soak in for you. And and it's a white guy in both cases. A white guy who made a movie about Katy Perry. Did you see Black uh, Dynamite? It's not going to be like that black dynamite. This is about dolomite, <laughs> nigga, not dynamite. You don't know. It ain't going to be like that. But you go ahead, know. man. <laughs> Moving right, right along. And that brings us to our next point. And the other side of that, let's get into that fire festival. Fire. It was a lot of smoke. I don't know about fire. It was definitely smoke. Oh, man. <laughs> a lot of people fire got fired ja from the fire festival. <laughs> right. Fire with Ja Rule involved, man. <laughs> you talking about the, the legendary rapper Ja Rule? The legendary, legendary rapper, man. Put some respect legendary. on that, man. Put some respect on Jeffrey Atkins' name out here, man. That's the king of New York. Rule, baby. Yeah. He, he single handedly got 50 out of the rap game, man. Like, he just he had that, a plan that took like five more years than, you know, than we would expect. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought this was a big, rich town. all right so let's get into it for those who don't know y'all want to explain the fire fest real quick i'll let y'all jump in uh go ahead Lou money all right so the fire festival (laughs) is a lot i mean there's a lot of hype i mean the, the cool thing to do just a little little context is go to festivals we're talking coachella we're talking south by southwest austin city limits Bonnaroo, um, that's where in our Instagram culture, that's where rich people go to flex, essentially. They spend a lot of money, go to a festival. You, you had this conjunction of our whole swipe culture of Tinder and, and, and uh, Uber and, and um, Turo, all these different apps where people are connecting things together. So Fire Festival was supposed to be a way for them to promote an app where in the app was called the fire app where where you had artists being connected to rich orthodontists who want to have 21 savage at their kids bar mitzvah basically so they wanted to create this app where you can bid on celebrities to come do appearances at your parties to essentially flex to essentially put those pictures on instagram and to get more likes so let, let, let me festival, real quick. no, no, no. The festival was created in a way to promote that. All right. So the, the funny thing about it, though, is in his promotion of that app, the guy who was in charge of it, one of his pitches. Billy. Yeah. The yeah. Billy. Say, yeah. It's called Billy. Billy McFarlane. No Billy McFarlane. Billy, Billy so, McFarlane. In one of his pitches, like kind of promoting the app, he had Ja Rule there, and he was telling the story about him trying to book Ja Rule. He said, hey, I want Ja Rule for this event. So he said he found a guy who knew Ja Rule. He said, okay, give me $5,000, and i get you in touch with Ja Rule. He gives him money. Boom, no problem. I want to get Ja Rule. So the guy, he doesn't hear back. He's calling, calling. The guy puts him in touch with another guy who said, okay, give me more money. I'm Ja Rule's man. Like, that's just, he doesn't know Ja Rule. I, I'm around Ja Rule all the time. Give me more money and I'll give you the job. I'll get you the Ja Rule. So he gave him even more money. And then he came back and said, yeah, Ja Rule don't want to do it. He never got the money back. But the whole idea of this scam of a festival was pitched on him getting scammed. Not being able to. Right. right. 
And, and the idea of that is like, yeah, I think like, what year was it that this was happening? Because I'm pretty sure if you want to book Ja Rule, yeah. you're just going Craigslist right now. Yeah, this <laughs> it was. Um, it was the man. festival was supposed to take place <laughs> April thirtieth and May fifth through seventh of twenty seventeen. So a couple years so ago, it wasn't you that long. You go thumbtack and book Ja Rule at this point, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty you know what much. Yeah, point, I mean, you gotta know. You gotta know. It's, it's a bad business venture if you're looking for Jaru to be your business partner. You know, what I mean, like I wouldn't even think Jaru would have money to help me do not something major like that. You know, maybe some small shit. We could open up a restaurant, Coney Island. You know, what I mean, but like something like that. I mean, you know, we about to become potential thing, billionaires with Jaru. This is the thing. Like, it wasn't, it, it, and it was, though. It, it was just a scam. Like, he probably could have did it if he wasn't such a scammer. Like, so, Ja Rule was just a fake. He was just a celebrity attached to, to get those eyeballs, to get the hype. And that's what they did. They, they generated the hype, which is really money nowadays. Like, yeah. those influencers, they don't get... They don't get paid all the money they get paid because they have a product or because they're good at promoting. They get paid because they have eyeballs. They have eyeballs pointed at them, and that's worth however much I want to pay you to get my stuff in front of all those eyeballs. So he has yeah, the money. That's, what, that's what, why um, Facebook is what it is because Facebook exactly. is all about, okay, you have all these people – Willfully, let, let me. You got all these people willing to give up, willing to give up information about where they go, what they like, what their preferences are. That's why Facebook's valuated the way it is. Same way with these Instagram, you know, Instagram influencers. You have all these people liking. You got all this traction on this thing. All these people liking your your posts. All these followers. So yeah, we'll get you to just post a orange ass tile, and that's all we have to do. And I remember when this came out, because I was like in North Carolina for, for my boy's wedding or whatever during the weekend that this happened. And what I just kept thinking was like, man, there is a lot of utility in bilking rich people out of money just off of just getting the right influencer to say, hey, this is fire. That's all it was. They didn't put any like when you look at who was going to be there, it wasn't actually, even like a actually, lot of, a lot they, of they, great they, artists that were going to be there. They, they did put together. They did put together a package. They put together like a, uh, it was basically them going to the island and partying. And they invited all the influencers there, like all, all these supermodels and stuff. And they were just doing photo shoots and having them tag Firefest. And they had uh, videos of yachts. Like, and they actually had the yachts. They, they spent that money. They were spending crazy money. But it was to create a cra even crazier buzz, and it worked. Like, you get, let's say, out of the 100 top influencers in the world, you get 50 of them, and they all got millions of followers, and they're all talking about this amazing time and this amazing festival that's coming up that's going to be bigger than Coachella, then you, boom, sold out right there. You're legit in the eyes of the, the people you're trying to scam. Like, they're like, okay, we see it. You got Ja Rule, you friends with him, you got these celebrities. That's what Ja Rule's purpose was, just what? be the face. And, <laughs> Wait, and but, I don't... Here, but here's the hustle, though. So once he gets that and you see all the interest, now he can go to the real money people and say, hey, look at all this, but look at all these eyeballs. Give me money and I'll multiply it three, four, five times. Look at all this interest I have right now. This, this shit is about to blow. We're sitting on a gold mine right now. All I need is a little contribution for you, and this can be a reality. And show them the same tape. And boom, that, that's how it happened. But the only thing was, he was a scam artist, so he wasn't taking that money and applying it to the vision, which, by the way, he had, I think, four months to put it all together. And some shit like that takes like a year and a half. Yeah. So he's cutting all you know, type like of crazy Super corners. ambitious on the front end. But Set, I, I, yeah, that, a question that was never answered was what was the urgency around we got to do this within six months? That was weird. I never. So even after watching both documentaries, I didn't get under understand why they put that level of pressure on them right. to get it like, done. Because what happened, because as I understand it, it was we want to do this festival. 
oh shit, we're running out of time. We're run- so we're going to have to pay extra for things. And I'm going to say, I, I own this much money in Facebook to get this loan. Or I'm going to say, we got this many artists on this platform to get this money. Or I'm going to say, we got these artists coming to get these people to come. When it seems like it was like a, a, a story in being impatient, really. When it comes down to it. No, I, I wouldn't say, because remember when they were talking about building the plumbing, like the one guy, he was saying, uh, you know what, if we're going to have all these people, just the the plumbing is going to be a nightmare. You're going to need this many porta potties And once you have that, you're going to need to get a yacht because people can't sleep on the beach. So we're going to have to have them sleep in, in like the Carnival Cruise yacht type thing. So... Then he told the guy, yeah, we're not doing the yacht no more. We having tents on the beach. Guy said he slept on the beach that night. Impossible. Weather was horrible. (laughs) It was bugs. Like, it just was improbable. And he said he was bringing these concerns, and they fired him. Like, yeah, you you, got to see the vision, baby. (laughs) Like, he he wasn't seeing the vision. So they got him out of there. But what what that brought up instantly in my mind, you're not trying to make this festival happen. You're trying to sell as much as you can because another one of his hustles would be, I'm going to say I have 50 tickets to Hamilton, which is impossible to get. Like, you're lucky if you get one. And that's famous people. That's everybody. You're not getting 50 tickets to Hamilton. He'll put out these newsletters and take people's money and then just buy them all at extremely high rates afterwards. Like, like I'm all. thinking that was after the Firefest thing. Yeah, it was. Um, that was his... That was his- his final scam before he got locked up. He has, but no, he was doing he, he was doing shit like that the whole time. Like he, he's a scam artist. Like I'm gonna sell you some shit I don't have and use some shit from my last scam to pay for it. it, it it's, yep. it's 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 yeah, it's a different scam, same principle. I'm I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul, basically. So this looks like Absolutely, just an extension man. of that. I'm selling these uh these high end luxury lofts that I don't have on the beach, but really it's a tent. But you giving me the money, and I'm using that money you giving me to pay these people. Hey, quick to question. Go on Amazon to try to find a villa. Hey, quick question, man. Yeah. Did, did y'all hear about this fire festival thing before the documentary on Netflix? Yeah, yeah I heard about it when it happened back in 2017. Y'all did? I yeah, but it was just off of, like, right. Twitter, you know, Twitter, tweet, stuff right, like that. All right. All right, man, let me clear the air, though, man, because obviously y'all are from white America, you know what I mean, even though y'all black, you know what I mean, y'all y'all token if y'all heard about this festival, man. Like, this was obvious, a scam. This Billy yeah. guy, is he's the young Bernie Madoff, man, and I think the reason why I worked for him was because I don't think white people understand that Ja Rule is not relevant anymore. <laughs> there's no way he comes to me like, hey man, me and Ja Rule, as soon as I hear Ja Rule, I'm stop listening. Like, Y'all doing what? I'm not in But white people were buying this like, oh, the guy who made Holla, Holla, you know, that song. Hey, yo, we're still listening to that shit, man. If you told this, me Ja Rule was, was at Nicky's right now, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm like, right. oh, <laughs> I'm probably going. I have like, to be free, though. Listen, these people do not follow 50 Cent on Instagram. There's no way. Whoever whoever was falling for this, they don't follow 50 on Instagram, man. So, like, they feel for the only okie doke. They deserved it, man. I wish I could have got some of that money. And I mean, even though it seemed like he might get indicted. You know, oh, he's he's already in jail now. He's he's in jail right now. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah, no. White people definitely get in trouble when they scam white people. That's true, too. All the time. You cannot. It's, it's illegal to do crimes against white people if you're white. It's illegal to do crimes against white people, period. <laughs> or if you if you get white people, period. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you got to kill black people, man. You know what I mean? Like, I thought everybody knew that. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, basically, he used the hype. He used all the eyeballs on him that he garnered from all these influencers to get more money from investors. And once that was in play he used the hype to make it seem like he was a lot more legit than he than he actually was by selling these ten thousand dollar packages you could go you could go party with kylie jenner for fifty thousand dollars and they didn't have kylie jenner 
but they're selling these packages. Oh, if you want to eat and drink, you got to buy into the experience. We ain't no half, ain't no such thing as halfway, whatever they were. No, it's like it's, a, it's cashless, so you have to put all this money on a wristband. He was exactly. using that money to continue to pay for it. So you, you go there. And your account will be empty because he probably used that money to try to pay for some other stuff. Exactly. Yeah, so eventually it all completely fell apart. People came. It was horrible. They, they, they were supposed to be getting gourmet meals that they paid ten, fifteen thousand dollars for. It was like jail food they were giving. They said they were going to get flown in on a private jet. It was just a regular spirit ass airline with fire <laughs> tape to it. Like they spray painted fire on a regular plane. And then like, oh yeah, and then you're gonna get shuttled. They were in a school bus. And then so you know they had the lodging. If you paid an extra twenty five thousand dollars, you could get the expensive the Northern Light Lounge or yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it was a hurricane tent left over from some disaster. And the the expensive one was the same one. They'd be like, No, I paid for the expense. Yeah, yeah, just go pick a tent. It don't matter. <laughs> they all the <laughs> But yeah, he ended back up getting, to uh, the, like back to the so you know so people were hashtag oh I'm gonna be a fire festival. Then you got another group of people that got likes and follows and retweets off of clowning these people. So this horrific story gets washed in just just the Twitter universe of people just hashtagging it, making memes about it. So that speaks more to our society right now that everything is a freaking joke, man. Every, like, people make jokes about the shutdown. People make jokes about a hurricane. People make jokes about a lynching. Like, this whole virality over substance. Like, we're never really to the root of problems. It's either we're going to make fun of this or we're going to make fun of that, and then it's going to be on to the next news story. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think about, like, the the documentary as a whole? Like, you said you saw both of them? I saw both of them. I I thought they were both good. I I felt like the Hulu one gave a a much broader context to who McFarlane was, um, the whole story behind McNesis, the whole context around us as millennials, because all three of us are in that culture of millennials where we have access to all of these social media feeds and all this information is on our phone. But... We in ourselves are our own brand because you have followers on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and you're doing things. You're, you're basically trying to find ways to monetize your life and live your life with so many eyeballs on you. So you're constantly checking your phone to say, who liked this tweet I just made or who liked this meme or, you know, who's following me, how many followers I got today. And so much of our society is based on followers. Like, how many followers you got on Instagram? Like, I, I do stand up at this one spot that's right by this club where girls are always going in to interview for, like, be a bottle service girl or a bottle twirler or a cocktail waitress. And part of their interview process is, okay, how many followers you got on Instagram? That is a, a job requirement now. So right, right. It speak and what was the motivation for people wanting to do to go to the fire fest? They wanted to go to fire fest to take pictures and say, "Hey, you're not at fire fest. I'm here." <laughs> exactly. It, it's uh-huh. more the fear of missing out. Oh, oh. So you right, wasn't just there. To close this out, you wasn't there. Yep. But to close it out, <laughs> like I, I want to show you how he ended up in July of 2017. McFarland was represented by a public defender at a bail hearing after his previous Probably. legal team. Right. Listen, 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 listen. After right. his previous legal team had not been paid enough to continue to represent oh, him. Wow. <laughs> he was scamming his own lawyers. <laughs> like, hey, the check is in the mail. Hey, man. <laughs> Bro, he sounds hey, he sounds presidential to me, man. He sounds presidential to me, man. We have not we have not heard the last of this Billy McFarlane guy because you got the broader context, man. I keep using that word context, but think about it, man. I just sat up here yesterday and watched this series called Dirty Money, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a thing that's got people like El Chapo on it, Bernie Madoff. You want to know whose episode I watched? Who? Donald Trump. 
Not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga had an episode on American greed and dirty money, and he's still the fucking president. Trust me, we have not heard the last from Billy McFarlane, man. This uh, is guess so- when he'll be home, though. No. Right. 2024, just in time 2024. for the election. <laughs> <laughs> just in time for the election. <laughs> All right, that's a good way to close that out. I want, I want to talk about the game, man. Like, talking about this clout culture and this whole morality. Yeah, so, uh, damn, let me uh, let me see if I can play it real quick, man. Oh, nigga, I hear Kim Kardashian by a throat, nigga. Yeah, so we just listened to this um, as we're talking about virality over substance. One of the biggest name dropping, clout chasing, lame ass rappers we've had in our era of the game. Um, Game yeah, whoop your ass, man. You better watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck your girl. <laughs> oh, shit. Luckily, luckily, I'm I'm single right now, ladies. Still, the silk man. I had to cancel that chick like Nino. But anyway, he he puts out a viral. He puts out a post where he's got somebody doing a Snapchat, and they specifically hone in on these lyrics with a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of groupy ass niggas in the studio nodding their head to it. I, I grabbed Kim Kardashian by a throat, nigga. I made a swallow of my kids and made a choke, nigga. I should apologize because you ain't my folks, nigga. This for all my vice lords and folks, nigga. No, it's not. That's not for white kids who watch the Kardashians. <laughs> that's for those all, people. <laughs> that's all cap. This right, is all, to get back. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's all cap though. It does have a. This is for you trying to be on Breakfast Club next week. That's what this is. This is Joe. This is Joe Soldier Boy saying he had the comeback, best comeback of last year. This is what 100%. that. One hundred percent. But did it not work? Yeah. Are we not talking about it? And do you not believe him? <laughs> I mean, he's got the evidence. They're, they're showing the evidence in the lead to that uh, to the articles is. A, a drunken Kim Kardashian would get with the game arm around her. So that's enough for them, for them to say, oh, yeah. So he day raped her. So he day raped her. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But let's, let's break I'm down sure. these lyrics, man. He said, I should have. So we don't got to break down. We, we ain't got to get all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> we could break down the last part. The one bar. Right. I should apologize. Cause yay my folks, nigga. Like, nigga, you don't say all of that. Say I should apologize. Cause yay my folks. That that didn't slip out. You wrote that down. To, told somebody to record you as you said mm-hmm. it after you, you recorded it yourself. A the song comes out, and you this don't is want no smoke that that Chicago, that. Nigga. Again, no, always no. been a disrespectful motherfucker, man. That that's why he's so good at beef. Don't, don't yeah, nobody want to be for you. Oddly, know the song that I like from the game oh. is the song that Kanye West produced, that Dream song. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, man. Hold on, man. I gotta stop you right there, man, because you hyping game up like he's some infamous, you know, what I mean, uh, 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 rap artist who nobody wants to fuse with. When we really look at him, especially recently, bro, he ain't dissing nobody but new niggas. Right, and then outside of the new nigga that he was dissing, who did he just recently get into it with? Meek Mill, after he took his L to Drake, you know what I mean? After Meek lost, by the way, did he lose Nicki at the time or was he still Nicki? It don't matter. Meek was taking hella L's, and then he was like, oh, let me get on this nigga since he already down. And like Kanye still upset about this little back and forth between him and his light-skinned buddy Drake or whatever. So he just kicking that nigga while he down too. Like he, he yeah. just with weak niggas that's already beat up. He don't really yeah. fight no real. Bro, so that nigga ain't about, game, to, he about to come that, back 50 again. But but he did, like, Game was a new artist signed to 50 and went at the, like, 50 was the bully of the industry at that time. 50 After was the guy at this and like, at that time, like, and Game, game ain't never back down from nobody, man. Like, on, about nothing. Like, he he is a great rapper, 
Not particularly for me. Like, he's no great rapper, man. Get out of here. Game is a game. Get out of here. He's not a great rapper. He's not a great rapper. You can't tell him that he got good music. He got good music. Marginally good rapper. Let's who, be real. Let's be real. He's still upset that Dre dropped him from Aftermath and, and don't mm-hmm. fuck with him no more. He still heard about that shit. He a grown ass man. You <laughs> heard that Dr. Dre don't fuck with him no more. Yeah, I mean, he damn near 40. He's still crying about that shit. I'm yep. sorry, Dre, bro. He tattooing the nigga on his body and shit, bro. Like, nigga covering up butterflies. He got NWA tattooed on his face. He don't know none of them niggas, man. Right. Don't know, none of them oh, niggas. You don't know none of them niggas in NWA ain't got the shit on their face, bro. I don't, I don't, no. I like, you I know like how many times he said like NWA on track, man? <laughs> man, nigga don't know Easy E, the nigga don't know Yellow, the nigga don't know, nigga don't know, uh, I can't remember the other nigga name. God damn, I can't remember oh, the other nigga man. name. What's the other guy? Yeah, MC Ren, nigga don't know. Well, he know Dre, but Dre don't fuck with him. <laughs> the only nigga he know in NWA don't fuck with. Yeah, right, don't fuck with. <laughs> that 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 the fuck is wrong with gay man? Oh shit! But he's still a great rapper, man. I don't care what y'all say. It, he's a good rapper. He he's a good rapper. He's a great rapper. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't heard five hundred bars. Y'all ain't heard him going at fifty. Come on, man. Five hundred bars. Well, enough of this. Bars, enough of this hard. game slander. So anyway, you do got a point. This is one hundred percent virality over substance because we haven't even heard the track, but everybody talking about it. Everybody not talking about it because of how good of a song it is. He's talking about him because he's talking about that man's wife in a very crass and disrespectful way. After that man has already had a public meltdown about a song that may may or may not even have been about his wife. Kanye was crying on Twitter about that. Like, but man, I'm I'm really actually worried about Kanye. You need to check on Kanye. Somebody needs to check on Kanye. Somebody definitely needs to check on Kanye. Take all the scissors out the house, like. Let's let's check on every black man that's married to a Kardashian. This is true. These are all facts. Travis Scott, like. Not he doing the Super Bowl shit. He get with Kendall Jenner and shit. He he. Not he gonna go do the Super Bowl. So come on. But the Jenners, bro. Real quick, the Jenners, they, them little two little youngsters, they running through everybody, bro. They they worse than Kim at this point. They done been with Ben Simmons, Lady Griffin. You know what I mean? So? Travis Scott. They just. I don't even know which one. I don't know the difference between the two. Tiger. You know what I mean? But they they running through everybody right now. They they got hell of bodies. All them people ain't. Like the, the the mother women just don't got cameras following them around. You know what I'm saying? Like that that ain't shit new. All, all these the celebrities women? is for everybody, man. Like they ain't. No man, Cardi B is a nice wholesome. Cardi B probably got four bodies tops her whole life, man. Four. <laughs> hey, but you, ne- you never know, man. You never know. Uh, speaking of Cardi B, she just got, um, she's about to have a residency at Las Vegas. Y'all know what that means, right? Where yeah. you just, you just, uh, you, you at a hotel, like a, a casino, and then people just come see you. Mm. Damn, that's crazy, man. That is Off crazy. of one, one album. album. One album. Like, that's for people's, like, farewell tour. When they tired of going on the road, uh, let me get that Vegas residency, like, and perform my whole entire catalog like nah i'm gonna be doing bodak yellow every day <laughs> right Pay me my money <laughs> like, you thought it was a big deal when drake got one but uh she's got one now like and she's like the queen of virality right now man and that's why i bring that up okay let's get it let, let's get let's get into uh cardi b because i mean a lot of people don't know this a lot of people don't follow politics but if you in case you missed it she single-handedly uh Ended the government shutdown. Give her her credit, man. Nancy Pelosi couldn't do it. Chuck Schumer couldn't do it. Like, Mitch McConnell. Ain't nobody even seen Mitch McConnell. Mitchie, Mitchie. Yeah, yeah. Like, Cardi B did it. Like, round of applause for Cardi, man. Like, shit. I didn't think it was going to happen. But, yeah, all jokes aside, though, like, she did end up speaking out about the uh, government shutdown. And we're going to see if we can get that Hey, y'all, I just want to remind y'all, because it's been a little bit over three weeks 
Okay? It's been a little bit over three weeks. Trump is now ordering, as in summoning, federal government workers to go back to work without getting paid. Now, I don't want to hear y'all motherfuckers talking about, oh, but Obama shut down the government for 17 days. Yeah, bitch! For healthcare, so your grandma could check her blood pressure, and you bitches could go check your pussy in the gynecologist with no motherfucking problem. Now, I know a lot of y'all don't care because y'all don't work for the government, or y'all probably don't even have a job, but this shit is really fucking serious, bro. This shit is crazy. Like, our, our country is in a hellhole right now, all for a fucking wall. Like, we really need to take this serious. We, I feel like we need to take some action. I don't know what type of action, bitch, because... This is not what I do, but bitch, I'm scared. This is crazy, and I really feel bad for these people that gotta go to fucking work to not get motherfucking paid. So y'all just heard it. Yeah, man. Like, live from the live from Cardi. Man, I love Cardi B. Man. Oh, man. My wife got to have a little Cardi B in her, man. My next wife got not too much Cardi B, but it's like about <laughs> a little bit of Cardi B in her, man. You gotta, you gotta love her, man. Damn. So that brings us to the next thing, like the the reaction to that. Of course, you've heard the white lady, um, Tommy Lauren, she responded and basically just told her to shut the fuck up. No, I'm not going to do that because she didn't tell her to shut the fuck up. She basically <laughs> said what Dave Chappelle said about Ja Rule, like, we really care what Cardi B thinks at a time like this. And Cardi B said... Bitch, I will dog walk you. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> so, so that was uh. So Tommy, let, let let me make sure I got this straight. So Tommy Lawrence said that in reaction to this video. Exactly. Oh, Tommy's so trash for that man. She bitch. She big trash, but she really trash for that because that that was a dope video. Cardi B saying, "Hey, I don't know what's going on, but we need to take action. There's people working and not getting paid. Like that's fucked up." And you so, know what's funny though? Like she didn't even take. No, no. Everybody knows Cardi B is not a Republican. I, I was gonna say she. It wasn't even like a partisan. But come on, yeah, yeah. I gotta do it. I gotta do it, fellas. What? Car Cardi B is like the next Rosa Parks. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> up, man. <laughs> Okay, so let, let's talk virality over substance. Cardi B has zero political substance. Zero. But virality, all those eyeballs she put on here, I'm looking, this has 18,070,334 views. Yeah. So, 471 go, views and counting. <laughs> even if you go half of those people up to date and follow politics and know about the government shutdown th that's still nine million people who she's reaching who might not have heard that message or who may not know how to feel about it but oh cardi b telling me like i fuck with cardi like and go do a little bit of research like that that that's shifting the culture like you oh yeah cnn yeah, she gonna get more voters. ain't even doing numbers like that you know what i'm saying like she she's yeah, definitely she get more voters yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so CNN will take. So this is what I mean. Back to the whole, back to the virality over substance. You have these oh, wait, venerable. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I gotta add this in there, man. Cardi B, Cardi B used to dance on the pole, but now she's getting us to go to the party. <laughs> <laughs> That's very hey, Cardi B for president 2020. Cardi From the pole to the I, polls. From the pole, now comes now bringing y'all to the pole. Uh, she got my vote with that slogan, man. That's really All right, but look, hey. quick, real quick, let me yeah, throw this man. out there. So political pundits have been on Twitter, like, debating whether to post this. Kamala Harris just dropped that shit like, boom. And you know what? That's getting more people to her. Like, so it's people living off of this virality. People of substance are gaining virality through viral stars with no substance. You got the right coming at her for the City Girls twerk video. So, oh, in the Me Too movement, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, this isn't a good celebration. But And Cardi B snapped right back. Like, uh, no, I can wear nothing but body paint, be on the beach twerking, and no steal means no. This is Me Too. All yeah. of a sudden, however many millions, tens of millions of views that got, now that's on the Me Too movement. Cardi B 
it's changing this country, making it a better place, and I'm all for it, man. Hey, man, let me add to that, man, because people like to talk down on that uh, City Girls twerk video, but that got me through depression, man, after watching it 500 times. <laughs> helping, mental, <laughs> helping out people with mental health, man. It's, like, it's health, yeah. man. It's health as well, bro. Come on. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. I was going to say this is a place to end it, but before we go, last story about virality over substance but no this is virality with substance this is a story about Patton Oswalt I'm not sure if y'all um know who he is but he's a comedian uh, actually a great comedian had a couple stand-ups King of Queens he was on King of Queens he was on um Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. uh he he, he was He's been all over the place, and he's been through some tragedy in his life. Like, his wife uh, passed away um, from, I'm not sure, I, I can't remember where, I think it might have been cancer, but he was dealing with that. He had a stand-up basically about that. It was hilarious, heartwarming, touching, all that. I fuck with Pat Oswalt. So, and this is another reason why. So, he's interacts with his fans. Like, if you're on Twitter, you could say some shit about him like he'll he'll say some shit back like he'll he'll talk shit about you he'll troll with you that happened in this particular instance trump said uh build a wall and crime will fall so pat Oswalt came back you like poems i like poems too here's a poem i wrote it and he he's spelling poem wrong p-o-m-e and he said wrote it r-o-t-e-d basically trolling the president roses are red Tom Shaw was in sticks. You're going to resign. Eat a bucket of shit. Uh, that's the funniest. Like, I got to chuckle out of it. Whatever. So, this, uh, this Trump supporter who was an Army veteran or Vietnam veteran, he came after Oswald like, I just realized why I was so happy you died in Blade Trinity. Which was funnier than Pat Oswald shit. I actually laughed. And you shoot the basketball like a sawed-off little man you are. Which was also funny. I, I laughed at that. So, this is where the shit gets real. Pat Oswalt responded, Oh man, this dude just attacked me on Twitter. And I joked back, but then I looked at his timeline, and he's in a lot of trouble health-wise. I'd be pissed off too. He's dealt with some shit cards. Let's deal him some good ones. Click and donate, just like I'm about to. He looked at my timeline, and he went into a, like a diabetic ketosis ketosis coma like, that, that, that shit that y'all women is doing trying to lose weight he actually medically had that shit <laughs> yeah so he couldn't believe it like he Patton you have humbled me to the point where I can barely compose my words you've caused me to take a pause and reflect on how harmful my words are and can result in such an outpouring thank you for this and I will pass this on to my cousin who needs help a cascade and the, and this is the thing. He went. He posted a picture. Oh no! Not even Pat Oswalt. Patton. He went and dropped two racks on his uh, GoFundMe right then. And then, like, you look at his page. Pat Oswalt, two thousand dollars. Next person, five hundred dollars. Next person, two hundred fifty dollars. Next person, two hundred dollars. All within like a sixteen-hour period. And I mean, that's just what virality. That's how it is done right. Used the right way. It can do great things. You just saw Cardi B open up the government. Like, that's what we got to get to, people. Like, the trolling is one thing. You you got the Takashis, but it's not, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like, you can use that shit for good. Everybody just try and be a better person. Like, that, that, that's, that's all it takes. Don't that's be Takashi. Be Patton Oswalt. To, to leave it on. Yeah, um, so again, you've been with Anthropopagy. Thanks for listening, where we mind and mind the culture. culture. So stay tuned. We got more greatness coming for you. And we out. Cool. We out. Hey. Cool.